If you have your copy of the scripture, I invite you to turn with me to the book of Revelation. Revelation, uh, we'll be looking at Revelation chapter 4 and 5 uh, today and uh, reading through that together uh, in just a few moments. So I'll give you, uh, give you a moment to find there. Uh, as I said last week, it might be easier to start in the back of the book and, and flip back. Uh, if you're not familiar, Revelation is the, um, uh, the last book of the Bible uh, and a fantastic book. We're in the third part of our, our series, kind of in the middle of the series in the book of Revelation. Uh, and, and what a great book it is, a uh, story of, of Jesus uh, to the church through John. Uh, and uh, we'll uh, dig into that uh, in just a, a few moments. Um, now, have you ever wondered... Have you ever wondered what heaven would be like? Yeah. I know recently there was a great movie that came out that was based on uh, a famous Christian song called I Can Only Imagine, in which uh, the writer tries to simply imagine what it might be like to be face-to-face with with Jesus forever in heaven. Now, if you base your view of heaven on the movies, or even sometimes what you hear people say about heaven, uh, Christians say about heaven, it actually sometimes sounds a bit boring. Uh, I don't know if you've seen many movies in which depict heaven, but it's often seen as heaven is a place with white walls and white ceilings and floors with everyone with white skin and blonde hair and going around all wearing white. Uh, and they walk around with white clouds all around. Now, for those of you who are uh, interior decorators and you like a bit of color and patterns and change this sounds more like your version of hell than heaven doesn't it so uh, it's uh, it's uh, that sort of white uh, perfect nature may not be your uh, your setting if you listen to people around church sometimes talk about heaven it's often described as a non-stop worship service sort of like the perpetual uh, 9.30 a.m. service here at Lakes, just continuing on and on uh, forevermore. Now, I love you guys, and I love the singing and the playing and stuff here, but if that's all there is to, to heaven, I'll have to say, count me out. That's not, not really my version of what, what heaven is and my interpretation of what uh, Scripture says heaven is. I've mentioned uh, previously in this series that the book of Revelation uh, covers a lot of different stuff, and last week we saw... Uh, some letters that Jesus has spoken to uh, the churches in Asia Minor. Uh, next week we start to talk about uh, some judgments on those who uh, do not follow Jesus. And later we talk about how uh, all things will end and we stand before God as judge uh, to see what we've done with Jesus. And before then he restores uh, heaven and earth to perfection uh, as it was always intended to be. And this week we want to look at a smaller section of Revelation in chapter 4 and 5 that describe some of the things that can be seen in heaven and some of the activity which goes on in heaven and who Jesus really is, uh, all of which, uh, rather than boring us to sleep, actually will find will draw us into to worship and, and uh, make us want to jump up and, and dance in praise. Look with me at Revelation chapter 4. And five. Now, I don't have it on the screen for you this morning because I want you to either listen attentively to, uh, to the Word of God being read or uh, follow along in your copy of the Scripture. But uh, Revelation chapter 4, beginning verse 1, says this. This is after these uh, letters uh, that were given to the church through John. It says, After this, 
I looked, and before me was a door standing open into heaven. And the voice I had first heard speaking to me like a trumpet said, Come up here, and I will show you what must take place after this. At once I was in the Spirit, and there before me was a throne in heaven with someone sitting on it. And the one who sat there had the appearance of jasper and ruby, a rainbow that shone like an emerald encircled the throne. Surrounding the throne were 24 other thrones, and seated on them were 24 elders. They were dressed in white and had crowns of gold on their heads. From the throne came flashes of lightning, rumblings, and peals of thunder. In front of the throne, seven lamps were blazing. These are the seven spirits of God. Also in front of the throne, there was what looked like a sea of glass as clear as crystal. In the center around the throne were four living creatures, and they were covered with eyes in front and in back. The first living creature was like a lion. The second was like an ox. The third had a face like a man, and the fourth was like a flying eagle. Each of the four living creatures had six wings and was covered with eyes all around even under its wings. Day and night, they never stopped saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Now, whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to Him who sits on the throne and to uh, Him who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders all fall down before Him who sits on the throne and they worship Him uh, who lives forever and ever. They lay their crowns down before Him and they say, You are worthy our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will they are created and have their being. And then I saw in the right hand of him who sits on the throne a scroll with writing both on, on, on both sides, and it was sealed with seven seals. And I saw a mighty angel proclaiming in a loud voice, Who is worthy to break the seals and open the scroll? But no one in heaven or on earth, or under the earth, could open the scroll, or even look inside it. I wept, and I wept, because no one was found who was worthy to open the scroll or look inside. Then one of the elders said to me, Don't weep. You see, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of Jesse, he has triumphed, and he is able to open the scroll and its seven seals. And then I saw a lamb looking as if it had been slain, standing at the center of the throne, encircled by the four living creatures and the elders. The Lamb had seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. He went and he took the scroll from the right hand of him who sits on the throne. And when he had taken it, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the Lamb. Each one had a harp, and they were holding golden bowls full of incense which are the prayers of God's people. And they sang a new song, saying, You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals, because you were slain. And with your blood you purchased for God persons from every tribe and language and people and nation. You have made them a kingdom of priests to serve our God, and they will reign on the earth. And then I looked, and I heard the voice of many angels, numbering thousands upon thousands, and ten thousand times ten thousand. They encircled the throne and the living creatures and the elders. In a loud voice they were saying, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor 
and glory and praise. And then I heard every creature, every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea and all that's in them, saying, To him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb, be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever. The four living creatures said, Amen. And the elders fell down and worshipped. Let's just pray. God, I thank you and I praise you for the precious gift of your word. Lord, may your spirit guide us through it now. Teach us your ways, Lord, and how to be a church you want us to be. To recognize who you are in your glory and your majesty, your honor. And serve you faithfully. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Now, I don't know about uh, you or how uh, you, you get when you, you read this passage of uh, chapter 4 and 5 of Revelation. But to me, I think that's a, it's a beautiful picture of what happens in heaven. It's a beautiful picture of who Jesus is and, and the majesty and the authority that he has, the strength and the majesty he has. It is a beautiful picture of some of the activity which is happening in heaven where all of creation bows down and says, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Now, there's a lot of, as I mentioned over the previous weeks, uh, a lot of revelation is from the Old Testament and symbolic of things from the Old Testament or representative of things in the Old Testament. And so that's very important as we look at the, the book of Revelation to see how, uh, what this would have looked like for the uh, early church that it was written to, to these persecuted Christians uh, from, from the, uh, the Roman government who were scattered around uh, into different parts all around Asia Minor or modern-day Turkey. And so we want to look at some of that imagery because it's very important as we look especially in uh, Revelation chapter 4. Uh, it's kind of all throughout there. Starting actually even in uh, verse 3. It says, uh, it says this, At once I was in the Spirit, and it was before me a throne in heaven with someone sitting on it. So verse 3 says, And the one who sat there, had appeared of jasper and ruby, and a rainbow shone uh, like an emerald encircled the throne. Now this sounds quite beautiful, doesn't it? The one who sits on the throne looks to us like, like emeralds and rubies. He looks uh, jasper and ruby. The rainbow around the throne looks like emerald. A beautiful picture of God's glory and God's majesty. And to uh, this early church, it would have been even more than that. You see, in the Old Testament, and I know we refer a lot to the Old Testament and to the high priest in the Old Testament and to the, the Holy of Holies in which the high priest would go in. When he went, and remember, he was the only one that was allowed to go into God's presence in the Holy of Holies, and only once a year. And when he went into the Holy of Holies, he wore on his garment a breastplate with the names engraved of the 12 tribes of Israel. And there were 12 precious stones, one representing each of these tribes of Israel that he would take into God's presence and, and wear as he prayed and sacrificed on behalf of the people. And the first and the last of these 12 precious stones is this jasper and ruby. And for the early churches, they look and say, it's more than just beautiful precious stones when they say, wow, God, when they look at God and God's presence, it looked to them like uh, jasper and ruby. Uh, for the early church, this represents more than just these beautiful stones. It represents uh, to the people of God, these 12 tribes of Israel, God's presence dwelling among them. 
And they, they knew this is God of the Old Testament. This is the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, the one who's been faithful to the people of Israel. This is the one that, uh, that John is seeing in his vision. And also, a rainbow encircles uh, the throne that looks to be uh, like, like an emerald. And throughout the Bible, the, the rainbow is, is always a, a symbol of hope uh, throughout the, the Jewish history, a symbol of hope for the people of God. And even at the end of time when evil will try to rage war against Jesus and the, his followers, there is hope for those who trust in God, those who follow Jesus. The things, it, it, it begins uh, chapter 4 by saying, After this I looked and I saw uh, this vision. Chapters 2 and 3, as I mentioned, were these letters to the church and represent uh, the age of the church before God uh, calls us home. And the things that will happen in the passages that we start to talk about next week uh, are happening after the, uh, the church is gone in 1, 1 Thessalonians 4, 16, and 17 uh, talk about uh, that, that we as a church should, um, should not worry, but should not be afraid, but should be alert that there will be a day in which Jesus will come in all His glory and call His church home and the dead in Christ will rise and soon following uh, those who trust in Jesus who uh, are, are awake and alive when, when Christ comes, when the voice of God calls, will go to meet them in the air. 1 Corinthians 15 says this will be in the twinkling of an eye. We'll be gone and so we need to be ready and we need to be alert we need to be aware. Even in the times to follow this, the time of, uh, of tribulation, for any who trust in Jesus, there is hope because God is hope in times of trouble. Revelation chapter 21, verse 12 to 14 says, Blessed are those who put their trust in Jesus. They will have eternal life. There is hope even in difficult times. There is hope even in times of despair and persecution and suffering. And this early church in which Revelation was written to originally was a church under immense persecution. They need to know that the hope is not in the circumstances. The circumstances are dismal. The circumstances are awful. But their hope is in God and the eternal life we have in God through Jesus Christ. Now verse 4 leads us to talk about these 24 elders. Verse 4 says this, Surrounding the throne there were 24 little thrones or other thrones that were seated on them 24 elders. They were dressed in white and they had crowns of gold on their heads. Now, we've mentioned before, numbers are, uh, numbers are very significant in, uh, in the book of Revelation. And all throughout the Bible, they're often um, symbols for or representing something. The seven, uh, seven is an important number in Revelation. Seven uh, represents perfect, uh, perfection or the perfect one. And uh, as we've seen here, they're seven lampstands, and later in Revelation, seven trumpets and seven bowls. Here we have seven horns uh, later on in, in Revelation 5. Seven in the Hebrew culture represents the perfection. This is from God, the, the perfect one. Well, here, the number 24 is also very significant for uh, this early church because they recognize that this represents the people of God over all history. In the Old Testament... We recognize the people of God as the nation of Israel, which is, uh, there are 12 tribes of the nation of Israel. And uh, in the New Testament, the early church and the, the people, the followers of Jesus were represented by the, uh, the 12 apostles uh, representing Jesus in that, that early church. And this, there were also um, 
when King David set up some of the priesthood, uh, he set up uh, 24 courses of, of the priesthood. And that's mentioned in 1 Chronicles uh, chapter 24. 1 Peter in the New Testament says, We are a kingdom of, uh, of priests. Now we are all uh, under, under Christ Jesus and followers of Him. And so this 24 would represent all the followers of Jesus, those who have given their life to Him, those who are devoted to Him. These 24 elders would represent Verse 5 says, From the throne of God comes thunder and lightning, rumblings coming from the throne. This is the same thing, a very similar thing that happened when Moses was up on the mountain in the book of Exodus. In the presence of God receiving the Ten Commandments, the people who were at the bottom of the mountain heard, uh, heard the, the rumblings and saw the, the lightning and the smoke representing God's presence. And this, again, would say to the early church, this is that same God. The one who has been faithful to you all the way through sits on His throne in heaven. With the 24 elders or all those who have followed Jesus represented there before God's throne. And verse 6 to 8 goes into these four living creatures. Now, um, maybe your, uh, your translation uh, may say there are four beasts. Uh, this is more literally translated creatures or uh, creations of God. There are four of these creatures uh, which surround the throne of God. Let me look in Revelation uh, 4, verse 6 to 8. Also in front of the throne, there was what looked like a, a sea of glass, clear as crystal, and in the center around the throne were four living creatures, and they were covered with eyes in front and back. The first living creature was like a lion, the second like an ox, the third had a face like a man, and the fourth was like a flying eagle. Each of the four living creatures had six wings and was covered with eyes all around, even under its wings. Day and night, they never stopped saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. How beautiful. These four living creatures, four, again, the numbers are are significant in Revelation Four uh, in the Hebrew uh, culture often um, represented uh, completion. And uh, you may remember in the Old Testament, in uh, uh, the book of Amos, God will say, for, for these three sins of Judah, even for four, I will punish you. Saying, you have kind of gone to the line and, and you've crossed the line. You're completely full of sin and so I will, uh, will punish you. Here... It shows the complete uh, creation of God that follows His will. Now, some translations, uh, again, call these beasts. That's kind of misinterpreted and really means creatures or created ones. There's the lion and the ox and the man and the, the eagle. Now, many have guessed for years what uh, these four represent. Uh, some say that Matthew has showed Jesus as a king. Mark, you, Mark presents Jesus as a servant. Luke presents Jesus as a son of man, and John presents Jesus as the son of God. What I can say is to the early church, uh, these four living creatures would have represented the, the cherubim mentioned in the visions of the Old Testament prophets that they knew so well. Now, I don't know what you think about when I say the word cherub. Many of you may think of a little fat baby with wings. Um, I went to a, a Christian college 
in the States, and uh, they, they, put this beautiful, they built this beautiful hotel uh, called the Cumberland Inn, and inside this foyer, uh, which is probably just over twice the size of this room, the, the entrance to this hotel, this is grand, and there's a massive big dome at the top, and in this dome is painted these cherub, uh, these floating fat babies uh, with their wings uh, around in the clouds. And uh, as beautiful as that is, and as much as that may be a lot of people's visions of, of heaven or um, what it might be like, uh, there's, there's no scripture to, to support those little fat babies with, with wings, uh, cherubs. Um, they're, they're beautiful and, uh, and all, but uh, that's, that's not really what the, the scripture is talking about here. Um, the cherubim, or that's actually taken from the, the word cherubim, uh, which we find the cherubim uh, described in uh, the Old Testament passages of uh, Isaiah uh, chapter 6 and Ezekiel chapter 1. Both Isaiah and Ezekiel uh, describe these living creatures much like is described here in Revelation as encircling uh, the throne of God, and they are the executors of uh, the will of God. These four creatures were actually woven into uh, the, the temple uh, into the, the, the curtain in the temple of the tabernacle uh, that divided the people from the Holy of Holies where God's presence is well. These cherubim were actually um, attached to the, the mercy seat in the Holy of Holies where God's presence would surround um, the high priest. And cherubim represented the, the executors of the ones who carried out the will of God how all of creation in its completeness will follow the, the will of God. And these cherubim make sure that the will of God happens. Now they have eyes all around, inside and outside. They see everything, what is obvious and uh, what is hidden. And verse 8 says, The cherubim worship Jesus continually, day and night, forever and ever, saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is, and is to come. And then in Revelation chapter 9, verse, uh, sorry, verse, uh, chapter 4, verse 9 to 11, we see that every time the uh, cherubim are saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come, the 24 elders uh, bow down and they start worshiping and they lay their golden crowns at his feet. Again, representing all those who have trusted in Jesus, who are followers of him, and they, they say, you are worthy, Lord, to receive honor and glory and power, for you have created all things, and it is by your will that they have created and that they are in being. They all bow down before the power and the majesty of Jesus. And then leading into chapter 5, we see um, Jesus steps on the scene. Now, you may or may not be aware that when, uh, when the Bible was originally written, there weren't chapters and verses written in there. It's one long, uh, a series of long manuscripts. And uh, when Revelation was written, there wouldn't have been uh, chapter 5, uh, verse 1, dividing this. Uh, someone has put that there down the track for a reference point, so I can say, can you turn to Revelation chapter 5, verse 1, and you, you can find that easily without having to work your way through the whole uh, scroll. But this is one of those divisions that probably shouldn't be there, because Revelation chapter 4 and 5 lead into uh, the same beautiful picture. 
of heaven and who Jesus is. It's just a continuation of that. And so you've got the, the cherubim falling down and worshiping uh, God and saying, uh, and Jesus and saying, Holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. You have the 24 elders bowing down and laying their crowns at his feet. All that they've accomplished seems nothing compared to the glory and the majesty of Christ. And so they lay down their crowns at his feet and say, Lord, you are worthy, for you have created all things, and it's by your will that things have been done. And then they look and see the scroll that's in the right hand of God. And it's sealed with seven seals. And it seems that nothing can open that seal. Now, it's sealed with uh, seven seals, it says here. Now, this may be literal, it may be not. Uh, but it's very common for uh, the, the scrolls at the time to be sealed with, uh, with string, which uh, then had, a, um, had an impression there uh, to, to seal it that had to be broken for the scroll to be opened. Here, as in many places in Revelation, this number seven, again, would recommend, uh, represent completeness. This is completely sealed and nothing and no one could open it. In fact, the Bible says there, there's no one in heaven that could open it. There's no one on earth that could open it. There's no one under the earth, even Satan or his demons, and no one had the power to open the scroll. And John, who receives this vision, starts to weep bitterly, it says, because there was no one that was found worthy to open it. And then, chapter 5, verse 5, one of the elders says to John, Stop crying. Don't worry. For the Lion of Judah is here, and he has triumphed over all, and he can open it. Genesis chapter 49. I said there's a lot of Old Testament in Revelation. Genesis chapter 49, verses 9 to 10, starts talking about Judah being like a lion. And the scepter of the rule in Judah will never end until the great Lion of Judah comes, the one who will rule And all the nations will bow before Him. Isaiah chapter 11 describes that Jesus will be born into uh, the house of of Jesse, uh, David's family. And to the early church, this clearly lays out a picture that this lion, they know Him. This isn't just a, a scary lion who's coming up. They go, this is Jesus. To the early church, they saw, wow, this is Jesus coming up with all His power. With all his might, this is Jesus, the Son of God, who steps on the scene. And when John then, in verse 6, looks back to see this lion, I mean, chapter 5, verse 5, you know, this elder saying, Don't worry, the lion of Judah is here. Jesus is here, and he can open the seals, he can read the scroll. When John looks back in verse 6, he looks back to see this lion, and what does he see? A lamb. And it looks like it's been slain. It looks like it has been slaughtered for the sacrifice. But yet here it's standing in the middle of the throne, this lamb with the creatures all around worshiping and with the elders encircling him and worshiping. This lion of Judah in all his power and majesty, Jesus, the Son of God, who has conquered all, is the lamb who was slain to pay the price for the sin and bring us to God. What a powerful image of Jesus, isn't it? The lion and the lamb. Our lion, lamb, servant king steps on the scene. And what happens when 
Jesus, this lion, lamb, servant, king, steps on the scene. Verse 7 to 10, lay that out for us. Verse 7 says this. Chapter 5, verse 7. He went, Jesus walks over, and he took the scroll from the right hand of him who sits on the throne, which is God the Father. And when he had taken it, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the Lamb. Each one had a harp, and they were holding bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of God's people. And they sang a new song, saying, You are worthy to take the scroll and to open the seals, because you were slain. And with your blood you purchased for God persons from every tribe and every language and every people and every nation. And you've made them a kingdom of priests to serve God, and they will reign on the earth. Jesus takes the scroll from the right hand of God. And immediately, these four living creatures and the elders bow down. And along with their their instruments and the prayers of all God's people, they praise Jesus, saying, You are worthy because you were slain. And with your blood you purchased people from every tribe and every, every nation, every language, every people group. And you've made them a kingdom of priests. Again, in the Old Testament, the high priest was the only one who could go into God's presence. And only once a year, and he could offer the sacrifices for the other priests and for all the sins of the 12 tribes of, evil, of, of, 12 tribes of Israel, of all the people of God. The high priest would offer these sacrifices. Now it says, you have made by your sacrifice, Jesus, by the blood you have shed, you paid the price and made us a kingdom of priests. We all have access to God's presence because of you. And then in verses 11 to 14, we see first all of the angels join in and start worshiping. 10,000 times 10,000 angels, thousands upon thousands. And in the Old Testament, often, uh, through uh, the, the prophets, especially a lot of the Old Testament uh, numbers, often represented, like large numbers, often represented simply a long time or more than you can imagine. And here, John writes, there are thousands upon thousands of angels and 10,000 times 10,000. There are angels upon angels appearing everywhere, praising God and singing His glory. And then... The heaven is full, filled with these, these highest beings bowing down to Jesus in awe of His power and His sacrifice. And then verse 13 and 14 says, And then every creature in heaven and on earth and the sea everywhere joined in to praise God and Jesus and said to, be, uh, to praise and honor and glory and power be yours forever and ever. Amen. Now I don't know about you, but to me, that sounds amazing. To me, I, I, I struggle to get my, my simple mind around how beautiful that be. That sort of majesty and glory. I've mentioned before, I'm um, just a simple guy from a farm in the hills of Kentucky. I've never been too many places. I haven't got to travel too many places. And I remember when I was in high school, the first time I went to the big city. Now it's from a small town of about 4,000 people. And we were going to Frankfort, Kentucky, which is the capital of Kentucky. And it's the first time I'd ever been to what I, well, what I thought was the big city. You know, there's only about 60,000 people, in, I think, in, in Frankfort. Uh, it's not a big city at all. But when you're compared to 4,000 people, 60,000 is pretty big. And we went to the Capitol building uh, in, in Frankfort, or state capital. 
And I remember I walked into this building. It was the biggest building. I, I could have never imagined such a big building. I walked in and all of the walls, the floor and the walls and the big pillars were all marble. And I'd never seen anything so majestic and so beautiful. And everywhere I looked, I was just in awe. And I'm just walking along. Just, you know, I'm not even taking anything in probably. I'm just amazed at the beauty and sort of the majesty of this setting. And we walked into the Supreme Court uh, there and you saw where the Supreme Court justices sat. I was just amazed at the authority that was in that place and Congress met in that place. Now, I don't know if you go to Parliament House and you see, you know, you sit in the, in the, the stands there at Parliament House and you see that as a place of authority and majesty or not. But when I was a, 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 a kid, I saw it as a place of, of glory and majesty and authority. I thought I could never imagine something so big. And in 2004, I moved from that small town in Kentucky to Sydney. And when I went to the city, a real city, for the first time, really, I walked in Sydney and I get off at the first train station and I was just, oh, wow, look at these buildings. I can't even imagine there's something this big all around. Look at all these buildings. Look at all these people. There are thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people all around me of every race and nation and color and language. And it was beautiful and it's overwhelming. I, I just imagine, you know, the, the congressional building of the Capitol in Kentucky was a huge step up for me from the little courthouse in Williamsburg or downtown Williamsburg, Kentucky. Sydney is a big step up in the city from Frankfort, Kentucky. I cannot even imagine how glorious and how in awe we will be to stand before the throne of God and see Jesus, the creator of all, in all his power and majesty. He comes up as a lamb and they say, don't worry, the lamb of God, Jesus, is here. He has the power to open these seals. He will read for us a scroll. And when we look back, we see the lamb who looks like he'd been slain, but he's standing there in the middle of the throne, encircled by these living creatures, encircled by these elders with thousands upon thousands and millions of angels Everywhere we see, bowing down and praising Him, and every creature in heaven and earth and, and under the earth and the sea and all that's in it, praising His holy name. Worthy, worthy is the Lamb. How beautiful. I think John used the best words he could possibly think of to represent to this early church that this was Jesus God's Son who died on the cross and paid the price to buy salvation for any who will trust in Him. He tried to describe in terms that people would understand just what heaven would be like and, and, and that this is to be with their King, the King of kings and Lord of lords, where everything is beautiful and exciting and wonderful and perfect. I'll close with the words of an old hymn, which I think, say it, Mess, it says, What a day that will be when my Jesus I will see. When I look upon His face, the one who saved me by His grace. When He takes me by the hand and leads me through that promised land, what a day, what a glorious day that will be. Let's just pray. God, I just thank You. For Yours, Lord, is the kingdom and the power and the the glory forever and ever. Lord, You should receive all the praise and all the glory. You are so worthy. 
And Lord, I want to thank you for the precious gift of your word, for this book which is all about you, and for leading us through it this morning. Keep on teaching us your ways. Keep on challenging us with your word. And Lord, I want to thank you that you are not only the Lion of Judah, the one who's been for all time, the ageless one who created with God all that is in existence, the one who whose cherubim make sure that all of your will is done. You are the one with all the power and all authority, the mighty lion, but you are also the lamb that was slain to pay for the price of all sin. And any who trusts in you has life and hope, joy, and eternal, eternally in your presence. Thank you, Lord, for the hope we have in you. Thank you, Lord, for the assurance we have in you. We are safe in your hands, our mighty King servant king lord help us be good stewards of your word to read in it every day to study your word to discuss it together to allow your spirit to challenge us and to lead us closer to you be honored and glory glorified lord through all that we do in jesus precious name we pray amen